This is Shane Gibson's Closing Bigger sales podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today we're going to talk about 10 ways to avoid cold calling. Many people will claim cold calling is dead. I think it's only dead if you have a plan to replace that cold calling with another activity. I do believe cold calling is becoming less and less efficient with do not call lists, with the fact that you have more competitors now. In the past, if you were, let's say, a stockbroker, you might have been competing with one or two other firms in your area, but now you're competing with 20 firms. Not only that, but in many businesses or industries, you're now competing with call centers in India and the Philippines and around the world. And so as we look at this, you're now no longer having even just a local noise level. There's a global noise level of phone calls coming in. But if you're brand new to sales or you don't have any deals in your pipeline, then you really have to look at the fact that you're probably going to have to cold call for a while to fill that pipeline quickly. But over time, what you want to do is replace that with more effective and diverse methods of attracting clients. So here's my 10 things you can do to avoid cold calling. Number one, become a constant prospector. This is a habit I picked up a number of years ago with Jim Jantz when he taught me in the direct sales industry how to prospect people. The rule was, if someone came within arm's length of you in a public place or an event, you turned around and they looked, they looked really open and friendly, you just say hello and you engage them in conversation. Get in the habit of sorting through people. The world is your marketplace. Your world is your networking function. So become a constant prospector. This really, in a short period of time, you can meet a lot of people. I recently sent a group of stockbrokers out on a contest. The first one to come back with 10 business cards from not off the desk of someone's office or, you know, walking into a travel agency and getting a business card or retail outlet, but actually, you know, out at lunch, walking around town, uh, in business areas, standing on a corner literally, is if someone comes within arm's length simply to say hello and see if a conversation ensues. If it does, hand them your card. And often, according to Darcy Rezac, two to three times they're going to hand you a card back. Well, I was amazed to see that in less than an hour, the majority of these people came back with more than one business card and in-depth stories of the people that they met and talked to. So become a constant prospector. Get in the habit of saying hello to everybody who looks like they're open and possibly in your target market. Number two, attend industry events twice a week. If you want a fresh list of warm calls and people to talk to, it's important to get out to industry events a couple times a week. It can be trade shows, networking functions, going to see an important speaker. Uh, yesterday, I saw Gordon Campbell speak, who's the premier of British Columbia. It was a leadership summit put on by the BC Business Council, the British Columbia Chamber of Commerce, and the Vancouver Board of Trade. And at that function, I met literally within a one-hour lunchtime or leading up to lunch, a dozen people I didn't know before and exchanged cards. So if you do that a couple times a week, that's 24 new contacts that you can be in touch with. If you don't like the cold call and you need more than 24 people to talk to a week, you better get out to more than just a couple functions. Number three, blog every day about solutions to clients' pains. So if you're not blogging as a sales professional or a business person, I'd suggest begin to blog. Now, that's not blogging about your product every day. Hey, I'm great. This is fantastic. Here's what I'm about. It's actually about thinking about what pains and challenges is my market going through right now, my target market. Great. What are the pills to those pains? What are the solutions that I can provide or other people are providing? And write about it every single day. Identify a new pain or even write a series about ways you can solve those pains or they can be solved. What happens is someone hops on Google, they're looking 
for really a pill for that pain. They search for it, they find your blog, or it's passed on through networks. And so what occurs here is you begin to develop a level of attractiveness or being seen as a trusted advisor or information source for your target market, and this is going to begin to develop leads for you passively. Number four, make new connections using Twitter. Twitter is really something that deserves an entire post or blog unto itself or podcast, but I'll just say that Twitter as a tool is no longer a novelty. Almost every news story has an element of a Twitter feed to it. Uh, most major CEOs that I know that are progressive are now on the tool, and it's a good way to directly connect with these people in a more community and relaxed way. Number five, ask for introductions through LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com, that's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N.com. Most of us are members if we're in sales. Very few of us use it effectively. Update your profile completely on LinkedIn. In addition to this, get out there and give nine or 10 references to people you respect in your network, and they'll be posted on their LinkedIn profile. In most cases, they're gonna turn around and do the same thing for you. In addition to that, search your database. Maybe, for instance, let's go back to the stockbroker analogy. You're a stockbroker in Victoria, British Columbia, let's say, or a financial advisor, as we now call them. And you're a financial advisor in Victoria, British Columbia, and you want to target dentists. So by searching in the geographical area dentists, you can then find within your LinkedIn network dentists who are connected to people you know. Then what you can do is craft a nice, short introduction letter saying you'd like to be introduced. In most cases, if you hold credibility to people you're connected with in your LinkedIn network, they'll often pass on the request along with an endorsement of your work. I've been able to do this quite effectively and develop strong relationships with CEOs of large insurance companies, speakers bureaus who now market me, and all it came through is really a very short request to be introduced. It's a warm introduction. Number six, Share your ideal client profile with your entire network in the form of a distributed case study. I've seen this work very effectively. You work with a client who's open to you writing a case study, how your solution or your services or your product has helped them or helped their business. It's a bit of a soundbite. You then publish it as a white paper or a case study and distribute it on the internet. Maybe you follow up with a press release about what's happened or the study you've done, or you ask the client to distribute it, you distribute it through your leads and contacts, but what occurs is people begin to see the type of work you can do and for what companies you can do it for. I've seen this being a very effective tool as well. Number seven, inform clients you're looking for new business. I know this sounds obvious, but the other day I sat down with a client and the reality is, is in this particular marketplace, I've lost a few big clients. They've just decided to stop training and investing in their salespeople and wait till all of this bad stuff blows over. I think that's a bad idea personally, but I can't really do much about it with them. So what I've done is I've replaced them with new clients and developed new topics that are relevant for the times. I'm also having more fun, to be honest, than I was before with these new topics and new clients, but still it hurts when you lose a big deal. Now, with that said, I sat down with a client recently and she said, Shane, wow, you're busy as always, I take it. And of course, I could have said, yeah, but I said, actually, I've got room in my schedule for some more new clients and here's what I'm looking for. And next thing you know it, we were planning a speaker series together. So let people know you're looking for new business and let them know again who your ideal client profile is. Number eight, offer referral fees to non-competitive service or product suppliers. So let's say, for instance, what this looks like is that, for instance, let's say you've got a commercial cleaning business for restaurants. You go into restaurants and do commercial cleaning. 
You might line yourself up with food suppliers. You might line yourself up with company, marketing companies that work with restaurants to help them grow their business and offer each other the opportunity to introduce one another to decision makers at those restaurants and each give the other one a referral fee or just in a nice way, keep tabs of the amount of business you're giving to one another. Number nine, be newsworthy or launch a press release. So what we're talking about here is, for instance, recently I did a press release on a new topic I've been speaking on, selling in tough economic times. And what occurred is next thing I know it, I had offers to write in articles in newspapers. I had calls as far as South America asking me to come and speak at conferences, all because I'd done a newsworthy press release. It wasn't here's how great Shane is, but here's a topic he's doing and here's how it's helping people. And this is something that worked quite well for me. So think about a way that you might be able to do a press release on a new product you've released. You might be able to do it on a way, a new application. You might be able to do it on a charity or event you're involved in. Or if you get permission, you might do a press release on a new client you've landed. So these are all things that can generate buzz in the marketplace. Number 10, use seminar and webinar selling. Seminar selling is a very powerful way to get a group of people in an audience, your target market, and really show them your credibility, your depth of knowledge, ed educate them on the benefits of your products or service, and really give true value and generate strong rapport with a large group of people quickly. I like to call this leverage networking. When a board of trade or a chamber of commerce invites me out to speak to their organization, and I show up and there's 20, 30, or sometimes 100 or 200 people in the audience, depending on the size of the Board of Trade or Chamber of Commerce, what I'm able to do is develop a strong relationship, in essence, with 100 people at once. These people, when they sit there and listen to you, they feel that they've had a very personal interaction and like they already know you. This makes it much easier to follow up with people from your seminar. And so part of that as well is, of course, at these seminars, I have an evaluation form they fill out to let me know what they thought and whether or not they're interested in something I have to offer. Remember, seminar or webinar, which is doing it online, the same format through many of the multiple platforms out there, is to remember that your whole goal is not to give people the hard pitch. Your whole goal at these webinars and these seminars is to add value, build credibility, so they're open to you contacting them through a warm contact. Bonus idea number 11 is become a subject matter expert. Think about ways that you can really no longer be a product peddler, but a subject matter expert. One of these ways is I've seen people be very effective is that look at smaller newspapers or niche magazines in your community or your target market reads and offer to write a column. It doesn't have to be a huge one. It could be you know my three tips on the following strategies for investment or five ways for restaurants to lean their business process and still be effective in marketing. Or it could be a number of these types of, of really articles you can put out there, but the key is, is many of these small periodicals are actually looking for content. They're really struggling to fill this newspaper, these magazines on a regular basis. So this is one way to become a subject matter expert. The other one is of course, doing these seminars. And then I went back to point number three, blogging every day, really getting out and expressing where you're coming from and adding value and contributing content and insight on a regular basis is going to begin to position you as a subject matter expert. The other one is of course, writing your own book. That's another way to be seen as a subject matter expert. 
Uh, it's something that before was very difficult, but today, if you've got a great manuscript, you can literally send that manuscript or that, you know, literally just in basic formatting, well edited, off to someone like Book Surge, just owned by Amazon. They will do the editing and the book cover design for about $800 and have your book online literally within a month. So these are all ways that you can become a subject matter expert. So reviewing this, the key here, the 10 ways to avoid cold calling, but as we've seen, there's more like 11 or 20, is that we need to begin to push content out there in the marketplace, let people know who we are, leverage our networks, utilize technology, invest a little bit in tools like press releases. It might cost you $500 to do a press release, but you're getting in front of thousands of people instead of sitting on the phone for hours and hours so you can get that one lukewarm prospect that's open to you pitching them. So as we look at this, it's all about creativity, connecting with community again, and leveraging our networks. That's my 10 ways to avoid cold calling from Shane Gibson's Closing Bigger Sales Podcast from ClosingBigger.net.